You are listening to Between Two Consultants, Logic 2020's original business and technology podcast. I'm Nick Kelly. And I'm Ethan Silvers. We're two consultants who talk to super smart people about the latest trends in technology and business. Today, we will be talking about visual analytics. And Nick Kelly is considered uh, an expert in this area and extremely well-versed. And he talks with large groups frequently about the right ways to leverage these tools and the wrong way. Um, So why don't we start off with talking about the history of data visualization within enterprises? Oh, awesome. Ethan, uh, congrats on the 100th episode. Really exciting. And it's been a journey. Um, Topic close to my heart, visual analytics, data visualization, and where has it been in the the last few years? Um, It's largely been a journey of understanding the impact of change that data can have in the organization. But it didn't start there. It started on more of the sort of purest, how do I pick the right chart, what are the colors I use, and we were probably too much focused on the technology aspects of it, uh, you know, 15, maybe 20 years ago. And the where we're, where we're coming now is come to that journey where we're noticing people really aren't using and acting on data as much as we, as, much as we might have hoped. So that's been the evolution over the years. And uh, to be super concise about it, we are now more focused on the user experience change management aspects of data visualization. Nice. And, you know, you and I have spoken before about um, data visualization, and there's a common initial that's used for, uh, uh, which is um, VA, correct? Visual analytics, which saves a lot of time when we talk about it. Absolutely. It's a, it's a time saver. You know, any acronym we can throw in there is, is always much appreciated. The, <laughs> well, yeah, the term really evolved because people found, like, data visualization didn't really do it for people. Like, yeah, what is it? I, I'm just showing charts. I mean, that that's not really what data visualization is. The term visual analytics came along to try and address it. I don't feel it fully addresses it, but at least it starts to say, look, we, we want to introduce more of the, the concept of analytics and how it can influence decision-making. And that's really where that term came from. And so now with where we are, what are you seeing as some of the major benefits uh, within uh, visual analytics, within, excuse me, within VA? It, it's it's really interesting because it's definitely changed over the years, um, and we're becoming more focused on value, the delivery of value, the return on investment, and there's a lot placed on the shoulders of visual analytics. It is the typically the interface that people are reacting to with their data, and quite often it's the only interface. So if we're presenting a report or a dashboard, it's being built on top of 90% of the work has already happened with the data. It is this veneer that is going on top of it. And the the realization of value here can be entirely lost if we're if we're not diligent. But the potential is to truly influence people's behavior and decision making with the visual interface. And, and that's really the the realization of benefit then depends on what we are presenting. But if we are having a strong focus on influencing behavior and making better decisions with our data, then it is a very, very large benefit that can be realized if it's done properly. That's a good transition to our next topic, which is um, the two warring factions <laughs> within the uh, within the VA visual analytics community. And whenever we get to talk about warring factions, I'm all in. So go, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. 
yeah, I often butt heads with the, the data viz purists. So let's say there's, there's two, there's two camps really. There's, there's one camp, which is the, you have to design your visualizations in a certain way. There is a best chart for a given scenario. And, and there often is. And, and you know, I was, I was part of this camp as well. When I was first getting into it, it was like hating on pie charts. Oh, they're the worst thing ever. And yeah, they're not, they're not overly efficient. But if the CEO of a company you're, you're, you're helping design a dashboard for comes along and says, well, you know what? I love pie charts. And I would go back and say, and I have. Well, no, you, you can't have your pie charts. They're not a best practice. I was like, okay, well, you're fired. Uh, <laughs> and use that dashboard. It, it kind of matures you real quick into the other camp, which is let's focus on adoption. Let's do the things that are going to make people use the dashboard. And if that means sacrificing some of the data business best practices, hey, all good. We've got a journey. We can bring them on that journey. We're going to iterate through it. Eventually, we'll get to best practice, but we shouldn't sacrifice adoption on that journey. They're really the two counts, even. Nick, just between you and me, right, and you know the, the millions of followers that we have, um, uh, what is the one, one like tool or chart that you really hate using, but sometimes you have to? Just between you and me and our millions of followers. <laughs> That's right. On our 100th episode. I think, uh, you know, it's a tough one to answer. I, I, it's easy for me to answer, like, my favorite. It's, it's, no, I just, like, more factions. I just want to go yeah. to negative. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say maybe it's a a bullet chart. And um, just because it, it can be a little bit harder to understand. Yeah. People, and, and there's better ways of doing it. Um, I, people would expect me to say the pie chart. It's not the pie chart. No, yeah. I mean, my favorite is my favorite. My favorite is the bullet chart. So, I guess we are in more. Uh, let's let's move on to talk about um, what trends are you seeing in in this space? Yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I mean, you know, probably a lot of our audience are going to be, you know, saying, "Well, self service has been definitely a trend," and and for good and for bad. I think I think it's promised a lot. Um, but hasn't consistently delivered on, on the value. That's definitely been a trend. There is absolutely been a focus on change management. It's becoming more of a topic, like the sort of the last mile of analytics. Okay, we've, we've gotten it so far. And you could say that was also the inception of self-service. Of self great, we've, we've, we've done all this great stuff with the data, and maybe we've improved the data quality, and we're starting to do some data science. It's this last piece here that we're missing. So the trends that I'm seeing are related to that piece where let's start to focus on value and let's start to focus on adoption. And one thing you know, you and I have often talked about is the, the analytics hubs, which is absolutely directly focused on driving the last mile, the adoption piece. Yeah, that's a really good point. And Zen Optics does a really lovely job with that. Um, and you know the change management piece. I just want like I've seen you lead these sessions, and it truly is a great component. Like you do a wonderful job with leading people along, so it uh, takes them down this road. And it's almost like it is a super strong tool for change management. Um, and I, I sort of wonder if there's a way to use you know visual analytics just for change management even when the end goal isn't necessarily visual analytics yeah it's a great point and i think both you and i in our careers arrived on change management through different paths and and for me it was coming through analytics and then starting to see we know really truly what we're dealing with here is change management and by the way we're using data to affect that change but yeah. i think this is when you come to the realization that 
it is change management is, is ultimately what's happening here. If we want people to make decisions with data, of course, there's going to be change implications. Yeah. So yeah, great point, Ethan. Um, did you want to briefly touch on last mile or self-service? Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is, it's the double-edged sword of it. It is part of the effort of democratizing data and making it available to everyone. Um, but it's also then, you know, you'll, you, you, you beat that testament to this as well, being seen some of our clients ending up with, you know, 10,000, 30,000, 100,000 dashboards and reports that really nobody uses um, or has limited value. And maybe, you know, 100 of them are being actively used. So it, there, it, it, there is some risk related to enabling self-service. It is a trend. It promises a lot, but it requires process around it. And I think that'd be a great topic for us to talk about as well. At some point, is it's process around that and, and uh, process improvement. Um, so what you just brought up about, it, you were going into the challenges and it was the challenges around self-service. So it's it's a nice uh, way to get into that topic of the biggest challenges that you're seeing. And you know, there's something around branding and misunderstanding of what it means. Uh, how does that look? Yeah, I think if we use the term data visualization or visual analytics, we're probably doing ourselves a disservice. That, 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 you know, I, I mean, I would still think of, when I hear data visualization, I think, oh, charts, you're talking about charts. We're not, it doesn't imply change. It doesn't imply adoption. And that's that's the shift that we have to be making is that that focus on you know, all the time and energy we put into data, are people using it? Are people adopting it? That That is the hot topic now. Um, so anything in service of that is, is going to be great. And then, you know, the, the self-service piece, it is trying to address it, but maybe not as effectively as it could be. Is there a trend to people having a better understanding of the value around um, data visualization, visual analytics, dashboards? Yeah, it's interesting because usually there's a, maybe a sell is too strong a word, but a convincing is required quite often. And, and, and that's probably in part due to the branding issue that data visualization has or visual analytics has is, is to sort of redefine what it is. And, um, you know, you've probably seen you know that example I give on occasion with the, the burger and eating a burger and what data do you need to see in order to help you make a better decision whether you should or should not eat that burger. You know, once people get a little bit of a, oh, oh, that's what you mean, I get it. So there is an element of that that some education is required in order for people to kind of understand the value of it. Yeah, and I've heard you speak about, you know, there, there might be a better way to talk about it in terms of actionable insights. So whatever language it is, it's getting it more to the value that's provided rather than a description of it. We have to start with value. We have to start with goals. We have to start with what behavioral outcomes are we looking for to achieve what business outcomes we're looking for. And when we put it in those terms, there's no mention of visualization. I, it, is, it is a pure discussion on business value and change that we're trying to implement. Oh, and yes, we're going to use visualization to try and affect that change as a powerful tool and instrument to do it, but it is not the entry point of the conversation. Yep. And um, just to wrap it up, what, what are you seeing happening with the future of visualization? This is one of those ones where I think it's a, I kind of do myself out of a job. I think it's, I'm all about charts, dashboards, and, and helping people make decisions with what they see, the visual mm -hmm. interface. But I think probably more and more what we're going to see is automation going behind the scenes, where maybe you look at a dashboard and it's telling you to take some action. 
uh, but what if that's all, all gets automated in the future? What if those actions are just implemented behind the scenes? And maybe you just get a notification on your cell phone or email just telling you, hey, you know, we missed our, our gross, gross profit by 1% this month. By the way, the following actions have been triggered. You know, so don't worry about it. And it's going to be built into the agenda at the next you know, management committee meeting there is. And, and it's going to represent this data automatically and, and build a deck for you. And you know, all these things that would eventually happen. And so it, I think the future is further automation, at least in the visualization space, and maybe less reliance on the visual interface um, as, we, as we improve our capabilities and in, in notifications. So, um, Nick, if you are going to be out of a job, are you going to like try to go into professional basketball or basket weaving? What's it going to be? Yeah, I, I, I've always fancied myself a pretty good street fighter. And I know like most people's street fighting careers start at the age of 40. So yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very eager. I can be immensely successful in that space. I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to the live streaming of you getting into that. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably start it pretty soon. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, everybody, thanks so much as we're signing off. Uh, my name's Ethan Silvers. And I'm Nick Kelly. Thank you for joining us on Between Two Consultants. It's been a pleasure. See you soon. You've been listening to Logic 2020's Between Two Consultants. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe so you can get each episode delivered directly to your favorite podcast app. To learn more, visit our website at logic2020.com. You can also find us, Nicholas Kelly and Ethan Silvers, on LinkedIn. So give us a follow. See you next time. Bye.